Okay, we are recording audio. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. I really appreciate it. Oh, I'm very pleased to be with you, Chanel. Yeah, I I remember listening to your interview with Ollie Richards from IWillTeachYouAlanguage.com like a couple years ago. And I was like, wow, I was so inspired by your tenacity to get Michelle to come on board to record his stuff before he died. And I was like, I have to interview her. I, I. So when I mentioned it to Sarah back in September, uh, when I had interviewed her, I said, I had totally forgot that you had worked with him. Uh-huh. And I had mentioned in my interview with her, I had said, it's a shame I can't interview anybody that that had in, that had worked with him directly. And then I and then she reminded me that you had you had interviewed I mean you had um, worked with him and, and got him to to agree to create his courses and yeah. how long it took and everything. And I was like, because I guess in my mind I was sitting there like, well, it's a shame he's dead. What <laughs> you know? <laughs> He was very old when he died. Yeah, I think he was like, what, 90? Oh, in his 90s, early 90s, two or three maybe, 92 or three. Yeah. I remember he had a little 90th birthday party for him at the publishers, so I know he was more than 90. Um, okay, so how this is going to go is um, I wanted to know, would you be able to tell my listeners a little bit about your background and how you got started? Uh-huh. Well, um, I studied languages at school, and that was my strong point. I went to university where I did French and German, and then I started to teach, but little ones to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then after I'd had my own family, my own children, I retrained to teach English as a foreign language to adults. And um, so throughout my career, I've been interested in languages and working with languages. And then I happened to see an advertisement in a in a paper local to where I lived saying that the publisher, Hodder and Stoughton, who had an office in the town where I lived, was looking for someone to be an editor and work on their language books. And they wanted someone with teaching experience and also language experience. So I applied and I got the job. Oh, wow. (laughs) And I started from scratch, Mm -hmm. really, because I knew nothing about publishing. So I started off working, doing general publishing, general editing as a desk editor, and gradually uh, worked my way to becoming a publisher. Now... I'm just curious, what what period of time was this? Was this like the 80s, 90s? Um, I was, let me just think, it's a long time ago. I really didn't get into publishing until I was middle-aged. So I came to it quite late. Uh, I think probably, so probably the 80s, I would think. I ought to have these dates at my fingertips, but I'm afraid I don't. Oh, no, it's okay. I guess for continuity... Um, reasons, you know, like a lot of the people that are my listeners, they're like millennials, uh, centennials. Some of them are in the baby boomer generation. Some of them are my generation, um, generation X. So, 
So, um, you know, I know someone's going to ask me, well, when does she get started? (laughs) Well, it was it's quite encouraging because I didn't start until, as I say, I was middle aged. And then I finally found something that I I really loved and used all my experience. So it's never too late. (laughs) Now, I was just curious. um, When. When did you. Um, learn about Michelle Thomas and his work, or were you always um, a follower of of his method? No, no, I came upon it quite by chance. I was the commissioning editor for Teach Yourself Language Books, and um, uh, one day I was going through an old filing cabinet in the office, and I found a note from um, another member of the company, just saying that they had been talking to Michelle Thomas about possibly publishing his biography, but it didn't seem as if it was going to happen. And maybe we at Teach Yourself Languages would be interested interested in having his details as he was a world-famous language teacher. Mm-hmm. So then I, I um, sent him a letter, uh, and then a couple of weeks later just introducing myself and saying that we were, I was trying to make it clear that we were very serious language publishers and Teach Yourself published in over 50 languages. So we had a very wide remit and were very well known. And Mm -hmm. he surprised me by telephoning me two weeks later, just saying he'd read my letter and he was interested in talking to me, and um, that's how we got going, really. So we had a few telephone conversations. We never did anything by letter, incidentally. It was always over the phone. And then when he came to London, we met, and um, he brought some recordings with him of his original, well, his original recordings, which were very old and he guarded almost with his life so he didn't leave anything with us but he shared the recordings with me and told me about his method and I had in the meantime um, watched the uh, language master on television and Mm -hmm. I was so impressed by that Uh, that really convinced me that he Michel Thomas was very special and I did to speak to him if at all possible. I was just curious when you first met him. I mean, evidently, when you meet someone of that type of caliber, you know, every thought in your mind is going like at 90 miles an hour. You know, how are you feeling? Like, I was very nervous when I met him because I was very aware that he was quite, um, strong-minded shall we say mm-hmm. uh, that um, he didn't suffer fools lightly and that really he could easily fall out with people shall we say so I was aware that I had to tread very carefully but in fact we, we got on well from the start I think it was partly because I was an older woman mm-hmm. and um, also uh well, I don't know why, but we just we got on and I realized from the start that the main thing was to build up a trust with him because mm-hmm. he's always very 
very wary of people. He was very suspicious that people were going to steal his method and corrupt his method. And um, I think this was why it had taken him so long to get to the stage of really sharing his method and entrusting his method to anyone to publish. Right. I noticed that when I, I have watched The Language Master on YouTube a few years ago. Yeah. And I was really struck by his total commitment to his method. And I said, I'm, I'm visually impaired. I'm an auditory learner. This, this speaks up my own, you know. And, um, I could see while they were doing the documentary how guarded he really was. Yes. I, you know, I wonder if some of that may have been a contributing factor to what he had to endure during, you know, his lifetime, you know, losing his family to the Holocaust and, and, and dealing with, you know, being involved in World War II and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yes, I'm absolutely convinced that that was the reason he was so, so careful and so suspicious and, um, Another reason, just a more practical illustration, was the fact that he never sent letters. He never committed anything to pen and paper. And he was always very reluctant to sign contracts. He always left it till the very last minute, literally the last minute, before he would sign a contract. And, yes, I'm sure that was due to his wartime experiences, mainly. I mean, I, you know, I was reading, you know, because I, that he was Polish and yeah, he learned English and, and all these different languages and studied psychology and, and, you know, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I could just, um, I wouldn't know how to even like conceptualize in my head what that had to be like for him to just endure what he endured. During those times. I mean, my grandparents grew up during that time and my grandfather fought in World War II. So I, you know, I hear, I heard stories from them, you know, about what they went through. And for, for someone to be born in Eastern Europe and, you know, be ripped apart from their family and, and had to undergo the conditions he had to undergo, the fact that he was able to create something so beautiful for people, even after all that, it's just amazing. Well, I think it gave him a great inner strength. And uh, he always said that he, during those years, he realized the strength of the mind, the brain, the spirit. And I think that that's what kept him going and kept him so focused on what he wanted to do and also instilled in him a confidence, really, that his method was the only method that really worked. I mean, because I've probably learned six languages using his method alone. And I, you know, I could say from my own experience, it works. <laughs> yes, we know it works. I've seen it work. It's amazing. Yeah. I remember the first uh, the first recording we did within about half an hour of being in the studio. We were all absolutely convinced, even the recording manager who'd seen so many language recordings before. He said to me, I think I could learn a language with this man. 
And um, yes, we were convinced and it was very special and it took a very short time to convince us. No, I was just... Go on, sorry. sorry. I I was going to ask, was like the the recording time, was it something that y'all just did straight through? Were there any breaks for the students? Okay. Um, Well, we, we didn't know especially when we went to the first recording, we really had very little idea of what to expect because Michelle had submitted no scripts, no outlines, nothing. So it was really a blind act of faith. We went into the studio with two students whom Michelle had never met before um, and we had only met them briefly and we just switched on the recording material, the recording um, equipment, and off he went. And once he started, it was almost impossible to stop him. Um, he could have gone, well, he did go on for several hours at a time without stopping. In fact, we had to stop him from time to time. We used the excuse that we needed to change the recording reels just to give the students a break because he was so intense and so energized by his teaching, especially when you think how old he was. He had incredible strength and focus. And um, we just went through. We did two whole days for each recording with a break for lunch and a few small breaks along the way. And the next day, we two days, consecutive days, the second day, he started from more or less where he left off and we were all very afraid that the students would have forgotten everything overnight but within seconds they were back to where they were at the end of the first day wow and what we did do we didn't do we did very little editing especially at the beginning we took out um pauses hesitations that were too long we left in most of the most of the hesitations um, so it was really a question of tidying up the right. uh, recording. I, I could have just imagined what that had to be like for the students who were chosen to, to be his first students for a recording. I mean, I could just... it was very intense um, and the students came away very excited, but really exhausted almost. Because the level of concentration uh, they had used was phenomenal. But I think Michel could extract that level of concentration from his students. He was a very uh, compelling teacher. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, I have I have his um, French and his Italian courses um, that he did himself. And... In a matter of minutes, you're, you're speaking French or you're thinking in Italian or you're, you know, it's just an amazing way to, to learn something without having to, you know, memorize a list of words or, I mean, and, and, ha- and 90% of it you probably even know already. It just needs to be a lot. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So truly amazing. Um, I was, I loved it. Every time we went into the recording studio, I came out studio. I came out feeling very, very excited and very privileged, really, to be part of the recording. Now, um, from what 
I have gathered from um, Helen um, Jill Hewley and um, Sarah Cole yeah. the amount of time that it takes to make these courses. It you know from recording. I mean now that the method has been you know adopted and and, and you know people are now creating courses based off of his method. Um, it might be four days, but then it takes almost two years to produce because of all the editing and, um. No, I think it took, it takes, I think it takes less time. It took Michelle a long time to, um, construct the courses and he would often, often say that it took him years to get the course just right and he kept perfecting the courses so he kept going back to them Um, but once the students were in the 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 actual method of getting the students um, selecting the students and getting them into the studio took sometimes a long time but the recording itself as I say the recordings in my time at least, and I'm sure it's the same now, take only two days of studio time. Okay. I just, I remember um, watching one of Ollie Richards' um, videos when he was a student for the Korean course. Mm. And, and he said that, like, he had spent, like, I don't know, four days all together. And he was really energized, but by the time it was, like, the second half of the, you know, recording time, it was almost like he was just drained. Yes, it was. It was exhausting. It was draining, but it was exciting at the same time. Because I had mentioned to Sarah myself, I said, you know, I'm one of those people where I've got it down to a science where I could take a foundation course of any of the courses now. And go through the whole thing in like seven hours with an hour break in between. And I can throw something up on Facebook speaking in that target language after seven hours. Yeah. Yeah. So Michelle always used to say the problem was that sometimes the students, his students were so excited. It was difficult for them to stop. They didn't they didn't want to stop. I, I can understand that because once you become uh, accustomed to how the method works, you just want to keep going. You yeah. just want more and more. It's like you just want to extrapolate every ounce of information yeah. until you can't get anywhere. And, it, and that is a great thing to have in a, in a method such as this one because, you know, I've seen other methods where it's more touristy based yeah. and I was like, okay, are you going on vacation or are you going to use this every day? Mm-hmm. You know, and so for me, you know, I, I, this is the first thing I tell my students initially, um, use this. If you can't afford it right now, go to the library. <laughs> you know, it's there. Go on YouTube. It's there. Trust me, people have uploaded it. Um, I, I, my first Michelle Thomas course ever was the Russian course five uh-huh. years ago. And I, 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 I do want to interview Natasha Brzezatsky, uh-huh. um, because I really want to tell her thank you because I, I really enjoyed the course, um, yeah. that much. Now, mind you, yes, so I need to work on my grammar. 
Of course. <laughs> but, but who doesn't? <laughs> but, I think Mr. Mm-hmm. wanted to convey the excitement of learning. He wanted his students to be excited and thrilled um, and be confident that they could do it. I mean, there has been, you know, people who have criticized the method. And they said, well, have you used it? Uh-huh. I mean, I don't mean for 10 minutes. I mean, did you go through the whole course, whether it was just one foundation course or was it foundation intermediate and then vocabulary builder or just foundation intermediate? Did you go through the whole thing and experience the whole thing and then give an opinion about it? You know, because if you just went through maybe five or ten minutes, you really haven't, you know, absorbed the method. No, you have to do you have to do it the way you're told to do it, really, right, which is right. by pausing, thinking things through. And it's this process of, of getting information into your long term knowledge, really. Um, so you have to have the pause, you have to respond, you have to think things through. Right. And I I think a lot of times, a lot of people, they just want everything to happen, like, relatively yes. quickly. Yes. And they don't realize it takes time. Yes. And I, and I said, you know, um, I told someone, I said, I accidentally found Michelle Thomas Russian on YouTube when I was cleaning my room one day and I just started with the first the first lesson and I was I passively learned it yeah you know and it was like wow you know and I mean I visualized it all in my head and I was speaking yes right away and it gave me the motivation to keep going to the point where I was seeing the Russian news and watching well done That's exactly exactly what Michelle wanted. He used to say, I am like the architect. I design and build your house. It's up to you to furnish it. Once you've got structure, the basics there, it's up to you to choose what vocabulary you want to add to it and how you want to use it. But he gives you the basic structure. Well, and, And what's so interesting about it is like, Oh, I took that, and then I took a, a podcast, a Russian podcast. It was like 30 lessons long, which took a week uh-huh. for me to go through. And I was sitting up there interpreting the basic A1 Russian yeah. in, a, in a matter of minutes. It, you know, and it just gave me the motivation to keep learning languages with his method. And, of course, I always tell people, you got to supplement this with something else. Yeah. You're going to have so much material. Now, I'm just curious, depending on the course itself, like because he did the German, Spanish, French, and Italian courses with the intermediate and the vocabulary builder, you know, accompanying the foundation course, would that be an equivalent of 2,000 words? Um, I think think it would be fewer than 2,000 words, but it's – I don't think you can measure your knowledge of a language on how many words you, you know. It's right. the structures you know. Um, I remember when I was teaching, I used, I had one particular very studious student who learnt vocabulary every night, but really never became proficient because right. she hadn't got the structures. Once you've got the structures, the language, the 
the words, the vocabulary comes right. to, and should come more easily, really, because that right. comes with use. Right. I was I was just curious about that because someone asked me that, and I said, "Well, I'll ask." <laughs> um, and I mean, because for me personally, when you're able to have complex sentences about politics and economics and you know other you know stuff having to do with your family or your friends or your you know where you live at or yeah that that I tell people this all the time you you want to use a language for something that's practical in your daily life not just I want to go on vacation to Mallorca for two weeks and I want to be able to speak this language, you know, it's fluent, that's not going to happen. It when, takes time. When you're using a language for your um, personal use, for proper proper interaction with people, you right. do pick up the vocabulary. You're not learning odd sentences here and there, d- totally disjointed from life. You're, right. you're speaking the language because you need to speak the language. You want to speak the language. Right. You're I mean, motivated. Mm-hmm. Because I, I have people asking me all the time, well, should I learn this for work purposes? And I said, well, there are, there are ways that you can learn a language if all you want to learn it for is work purposes. You know, if you just want to learn it for, for conversation, you can do that. You don't have to go to a C1 or C2 level in order to say that you're proficient in something. No. You know, and I think that's where people have these roadblocks in the middle of their head. Because they think they need to do it perfectly, they, that they can't mess up. And I said, well, no, we all mess up when we speak our mother tongues. No of one's perfect. Well, that's how you learn. Michelle Thomas, I remember he, he used to like to say, it's like playing tennis. You want to get the ball back over the net so that the other person can get the ball back to you and then you get the ball back over the net again so that you can hold a conversation. Right. And I think a lot of people seem to think when they're learning a language, it has to be perfect. But I see a lot of ESL learners that do that with their English. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's got to be good enough to be understood so that the person can respond if you're right. in conversation. Right, right. And um, I told them, I said, well, you know, if you want to be able to speak from day one, you know, if you don't have the money for Michelle Thomas right away, go to your library and you can you can borrow it from the library and you can use it. And, it, you know, it also depends on what, what language you're trying to learn. I said they have over 16 languages. There are a few more that that are coming down the, the pipeline, mm-hmm. uh, which I can't wait because um, um, I, I plan on reviewing the Irish course and the Korean course eventually. Um, and I would love to – I might actually um, mention this to Sarah Cole um, – is a suggestion since they already have Egyptian Arabic and MSA mm-hmm. modern standard Arabic yeah. why not go for the juggler and do Levantine Iraqi and um, Moroccan then you finish all you finish the whole entire 
Well, yes, I think they're obviously looking at new languages to publish in all the time, and um, they do take a long time to develop because um, teachers who've been teaching by traditional methods do need time to get their head round how the Michelle Thomas method works. But they've got it. They love it. Yes, because when I had interviewed Helen um, Johuli last month, I was, you know, she had said how she had went through the process of creating a Japanese course based off of Michelle Thomas, which I love. By the way, it's a great course, uh-huh. <laughs> and, I, and I've reviewed it both sets, and I was like, oh, I love this. This is awesome. Um, so she was telling me, she broke it down for me how they did it and, mm-hmm. you know, how long it actually does take for it to go to the public and that, you know, there's so many steps involved. And yeah. I said, I could just imagine what that's like for someone to write a write a a script of a language they want then they have to get it approved by a group of people then there has to be edits and then they have to go back and and do several revisions before it becomes finalized and then they have to find the people who are going to be the students and they have to record it and they have to edit it we never actually Chanel we never had scripts from for any of the Michelle Thomas recordings the teacher had um, an outline of what or he wanted to teach and they might have a few prompts a list of prompts but it was never scripted okay never now that i i mean i i had to mention to her i said you know i i give you props because i don't even know if i would be able to to create a course a language course um you know even though I love his method dearly and a lot of people I know uh, love it dearly, that would, that would be beyond what I would see myself doing. But I give kudos to anybody who wants to create a language based off of his method and, and learn his method if they've never, you know, attempted it before, which, you know, once you learn one language with his method, you don't want to go to anything else. No. I found that to be true. I think because you you realize that his method works and other methods don't or don't work as well or work in a different way. But if you learn with Michelle, you, you you learn the structures of the language. You learn how to speak. You've got the bones of the language. You can use the language. You're not just reciting phrases off pat right um now i'm just curious um was the process from when he started the first course to the last course um was that a matter of weeks did it take a year no it took it took years um Probably three years between because he did the first four, of course, the French, German, Spanish and Italian. The Italian, the last one, he had to do most preparation for that because Italian wasn't a language that he spoke very well. Mm -hmm. Um, So, no, he would 
he would go back to the States, he'd record one, he'd go back and we'd try to pin him down for when he might be able to come to record the next one. And he would never give us a date. And we would, it was very difficult to plan, actually, because he would just say, well, I'm not ready yet. It's not ready yet. And Mm -hmm. then we would, we would get a, um, a telephone call just saying, well, I think we'll, I'll be ready in a couple of weeks time. So, um, that was how it worked. So basically you guys had to just play it by ear. Yes. Oh, yes. Very much. Very much. And he definitely took the lead. Yes. And you, you, we couldn't have, um, pressure, we couldn't have pressurized him. He wouldn't accept pressure. And we knew that that was absolutely the wrong approach. Right. It, to be him telling us when he was ready. Now, I'm just curious. Evidently, he passed away in January of 2005. So I know that for anyone that had to work with him or any student that had to, uh, you know, be impacted by his method. I mean, when you, you know, found out about, like, his passing, what was the mood like? So what was... Oh, like when 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 you found out about his passing, like yeah. when he passed away. Yeah. Um, what? I mean, because you worked closely with him for that amount of time, um, you know, and other people got to to be a part of the process as well, including students. What was um, the mood like? All right. Okay. Well, we were all we were all, of course very sad um we realized it was the end of an era but he was he was very old chanel so we knew that he couldn't go on forever he never never gave any indication of feeling his age or feeling that time was of the essence he had no sense of urgency that he might not have very much more time to be able to complete everything he wanted to do and I think my my overarching feeling was that uh, regret, regret that he he left it so late or any publisher left it too late to be able to get him to trust them enough to be able to record more languages sooner and to develop the, the language, um, the languages that he taught more. It was a shame that he left it so late. Um, I felt there was a lot more we could have done with him. Um, what was I, I So, I mean, after, you know, his passing and everything, when was it? Um, when were... you guys able to keep going with creating more, you know, based off of what he already did? Yes, we could, because we had a pretty good idea by then of how the method worked. And working for Teach Yourself, we had, uh, say, we published in 50 languages, so we had a huge um, range of language teachers that we could turn to. And some of them who had been... Um, following the Michelle um, Thomas success came to us and wanted to record using his method so we could use established teachers that we knew of and there were many more who were so excited by the method 
who wanted to record a language if they could. Um, did you know if it would, you know, I mean, evidently it took off with the first four, the <laughs> German, the Spanish, French, and Italian. But once you start navigating past those languages, did you have any reservations if the other languages would take off just as well as the first four? Well, the first four, of course, were our best-selling languages, so that was the obvious reason why we went for those, and also the most familiar to um, English-speaking people, and French and Italian and Spanish are quite closely related, so we could see how that would work. I didn't quite know how it would work when it came to other languages, um, languages like Chinese, Russian, but the teachers grasped the method and they could use the method to teach their own language. So it, it did work um, and it worked amazingly well. I can remember being at the, um, the Mandarin recording and that was just so exciting because it seemed such an alien language, but right. in, the students picked it up immediately and it was a very, very successful recording. I took a stab at it, and I realized Cantonese was the 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 one for me. Because yeah. um, um, I, I, I did actually go to the library and try out the um, Mandarin, and I was like, uh, this isn't for me. <laughs> so then I, I found another way to learn um, Cantonese by using my library in Mango. And it just had like 10 chapters and I, I did all 10 chapters in like six weeks. And my goal was to order food, give my name, address and telephone number, um, over the phone. And I was able to do that in six weeks in Cantonese and the person spoke Mandarin, but they understood what I was saying. And they were so surprised that I wanted to learn Mandarin, I mean, you know, Cantonese. And I said, well, we have Cantonese speakers where I live at, um, and I actually attempted to order barbecue beef bun up until the lady told me this was a Chinese American restaurant and that we, they didn't have that particular dish and that that dish was only served in Hong Kong. Okay. Which we got a good laugh out of it. <laughs> but, but it was just the point that I attempted to order something using the language I had acquired in six weeks. And, yeah. and then I said, I said to myself, you know what, this is probably a contributing factor to when I was learning, you know, Russian and French and Italian with Michelle Thomas. Now I, I, I know how the process works. I can go and learn just about any language I want doing the same thing. Great. So, and I know that uh, last night I was talking to one of my students on Instant Messenger and we decided that we were going to take a crack at Irish because I have a quarter Irish oh. in my heritage. And oh. I have like 30% Bantu tribe. So I plan on learning Swahili, a bit of Swahili and a bit of Irish. <laughs> and, I, and I said, well, if you want, you can go to the Michelle Thomas site and you can, you know, put in my name as a promotional coach since I'm doing um, marketing and advertising with the Boston, Massachusetts office up until September. Um, so, you know, you can get the foundation course for Irish, you know, for 35% off. 
and it'll get you started in speaking Irish. And he was like, I'm going to go buy it today. (laughs) Well done. Good. Good. So, you know, and he was like, I love this. And I said, well, this is the first stop. This is what gets you to start, you know, really speaking. And, and, and with me, when I, when I start a Michelle Thomas language, I, I become completely immersed in that world and I don't speak a lick of English. I attempt to speak the language as is. You sound like a perfect student. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I told Sarah, I said, if you guys ever have any recordings, let me know. I'll be willing to sit there for I don't know how long. I mean, I, I mean, the only caveat would be I would have to let my guide dog out every four hours. But, uh, but aside from that, you know, give me a bottle of water, make sure I eat beforehand, and I'm good to go for about three or four hours straight. So, Great. Well, that's how it should be. Yeah. I, somebody said, how can you do that? I was like, well, when you're motivated, because a lot of that, has a lot to do with it. You have to be motivated. And that language has to be able to speak to you. If it doesn't speak to you, you're not going to. Well, Michelle always used to say it was the excitement of learning, the I I can do it feeling that kept you motivated. Oh, yeah. And And I tell people all the time, there's plenty of times I've done one of his foundation courses, whether it was the original ones or whether it was another one that someone else did. And you might you might actually miss something the first time around. Of and you could just go back and you can revisit that part and, and yeah. go over that. But you'll be surprised what you thought you knew the first couple times. And then you go back like, well, wait a minute. I don't remember this. Wait, how many times did I do this? Three? Okay. You know, I mean, you, you always find something new each time you do it that you didn't know before. I think it's very easy with the courses to go back and pick up where you left off if you've stopped for a while. It's right. very very easy to refresh your memory, to quickly get back to where you were if you have to stop. And um, as you say, you're talking from the word go, which is the other exciting element, of course. Yeah, and I and people actually ask me all the time, how do you do it? How do you just take three and a half hours and, and, and do half of it and then put up a video and then go back and do the rest of it and put up another video. I was like, because guess what? I was, I was focused on my main objective, getting it done. And I want to be able to speak. I mean, I've already ordered food and Thai, Cantonese and Egyptian Arabic and Levantine Arabic um, at restaurants. So now it's Hindi and Japanese. I want to order food from. Okay. And so for me, like I tell my students, once you learn it, pick a goal. Like you want to order food, you want to buy something online from a store instead of it being in English or your target language, put it in your native language, put it into the target language that you're learning and see how much you understand. And also see how much people appreciate the fact that you've made an effort to speak their language. Right. People are always so thrilled that you've tried to speak and they overlook small mistakes of course they do people aren't wanting to pull you up on any mistakes they're just thrilled that you've taken the time and the trouble to want to speak to them in their own language oh and it's such a beautiful thing too because i know from experience of going to my favorite middle eastern restaurant 
um, here in Akron, uh, Alatans. I've went to both locations, and I went in there not speaking a word of English, and I started speaking in Egyptian Arabic what I wanted to eat, and I thanked them with the minimum mm-hmm. amount of information I had in my head at the time. And they were so impressed. They told me to come back. And then they told me that their manager would be here for me to have a conversation with. Now, oh. I've never had that before. Well done. And, yeah. So, I mean, and then when I did the same thing for Thai, using a different program, they, I went in there, ordered me some Singapore noodles and some Thai tea, and they invited me to go to a Buddhist temple to practice my Thai. <laughs> So I was like, wow. My friend was like, wow, that's amazing. You were able to do that in 20 minutes. I'm like, well, it wasn't hard. I mean, I had an objective. I know what I wanted, and I executed it. And the and what was so interesting about it was that you could just tell the – you could say three words in some in, in another language, and now people just go nuts. Yep, yep. You don't have to do much. Yeah. So, I mean, I tried the same thing in Korean last year and I probably got to say I'm a bit I'm American and awesome and they were like the fact she even said that says something because Korean is not the most easy language to learn and I said well you know I think it's all about what you know how much you want it you know if, if you're willing to put the time in and the work in you know and if you really love it that much you will succeed you you know So, um, are there any parting words that you would like to leave my listeners with? Um, no, I can't. I think, I think I would just like to say again that it was a great privilege to have been involved with Michelle Thomas. And, um, I think it was the highlight of my career and something that I will never forget. And I'm just very happy that I was part of something that was so successful and has helped so many people to learn a language and to communicate in another language and to feel confident to learn another language. I have to ask, what languages did you did you learn to speak? Well, I learned to speak French and German and Latin, if you can say speaking Latin when I was at school. And then I am rather ashamed to say that I didn't, I think I consciously made the decision not to learn the other languages. When I went to recordings, um, the students were there, the teacher was there, and I was in the background, shall we say. But I had to keep myself kind of apart from it because I had to be aware of the practicalities of what was happening and all the other all the other parts of being a publisher, really, you know, the mm-hmm. production, dealing with the authors, contracts. So I didn't actually learn the other languages, but I'm surprised how much Spanish and Italian, I, especially because of my French, that um, I can understand. Yeah, I took Spanish in college and um, Italian and French and even Portuguese was easy for me to pick up. Yeah. yeah. So, along with Dutch, believe it or not. Um, what, so, did you say Dutch? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Dutch is very much like, I can read a lot of Dutch because of 
my German. And it's always easier if you've got another language. Sometimes, of course, you get language interference, which doesn't help. Um, but um, French, um, Spanish and Italian, for instance, I find quite difficult to keep separate. But um, anyway, uh, maybe I yeah. should have more but um i was too busy doing my job really and looking after a family <laughs> are you are you still involved um not really i retired some years ago uh i'm in touch with people i have been to um workshops discussing new products and met up with my old colleagues from time to time so i am involved but on the periphery really now okay well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. I really appreciate it. Actually, it was a dream come true for me because once I um, heard your interview with Ollie Richards, I had to email him personally and say, hey. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, um, because it, it, it really gave a life to what Michelle Thomas was, you know, all about from you know a creative standpoint and creating his courses getting him to agree to it I, you know i was just hanging on by every word like wow <laughs> he, was, yeah. he was a formidable man yeah i sat there and would say to myself all the time wow i'm lucky to be able to speak some of these languages and i and 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 just you know i would say i lived them yes so, but thank you so okay, much. Chanel, you're very welcome, and good luck to all your all your listeners. And um, keep going, just keep going. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, right now I'm I'm in the world of Levantine Arabic, and <laughs> um, I'm learning how to cook Lebanese food. And we have a large um, Arab population from Lebanon, uh-huh. and in Asia, and Latin America, and, and Eastern Europe. In Africa, so I'm mostly sticking with certain languages from the East at the moment. Well, good luck to you. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Shana. Bye-bye.